Welcome to the Weird History Podcast. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported show. To support it, go to weirdhistorypodcast.com. Okay, this episode is finally out. I'm very excited about it. Um, we had a lot of technical issues with this episode. Uh, it was originally supposed to come out in October as part of our series of spooky October-themed episodes, but every technical problem that could happen happened. And here we are now. Uh, I especially want to thank the subject of today's episode, uh, Brandon. Thank you so much for being patient with me as we tried to put this together and as I was untangling so many cords on my end. So without further ado, here's Brandon Seifert on werewolves. Um, before we get into werewolves, uh, how about if you introduce yourself? Um, let listeners know who you are. Uh, hello, my name is Brandon Seifert. Um, I'm a professional comics writer. Um, I broke into comics doing a series called Witch Doctor uh, for Skybound Entertainment and Image Comics. It's uh, it's a horror medical drama, uh, sort of like this, you know, Doctor House kind of character who has to save the world using magic and by using, you know, basically his medical degree. Uh, and then since then, I've done a bunch of other comics, mostly in the horror and supernatural kind of space. Uh, I did. I co-wrote uh, Hellraiser with Clive Barker for about a year. Um, I did some Doctor Who comics. I did some Godzilla. Uh, done a bunch of just kind of random stuff. I did a sequel to The Fly, the Jeff Goldblum movie, which uh, after seeing Thor Ragnarok this week, I'm very happy about. Um, yeah. Awesome. That's uh, that's me. And you've been uh, researching werewolves. I have. Yeah. No. This. Uh, so one of the things that I do for my job is I do so much. Um, work that involves the supernatural and like I love folklore and I came to comics from a journalism background so the only way I know how to approach writing is just to research the crap out of it and then take whatever I've written and try to synthesize it all together um, so I've had I've done I've never actually done a story about werewolves but I've done planned a number of stories about werewolves and that's involved me doing heaps of research into werewolf folklore and wolf biology and uh, alchemy and professional wrestling and a lot of other topics that you would not expect to be related to werewolves, but that uh, are in my head. Wait, professional wrestling? We can get to it. Okay. So um, I know that you've come across something called the, called werewolf witch trials. So briefly, um, what were werewolf witch trials? Uh, so the thing about werewolves is historically people uh, had a very different idea of what werewolves were like than we do today. And the idea that was prevalent in Christian Europe in the, uh, in the late Middle Ages and the early modern period was that werewolves were people who had made a pact with the devil. And that's why they were able to shapeshift into wolves. So if you had a werewolf, that was basically a witch. And so when they were doing the witch trials, if they believed somebody was a werewolf, they would try them pretty much the same way that they would try any other witch. Um, it was, you know, these, these witch trials uh, kind of emerged alongside the generalized witchcraft trials uh, in what's now Switzerland back in 1521. Uh, they spread through Europe throughout the 1500s. They peaked in the 1600s and then pretty much died off in the 1700s. Um, Today, we think that it's mostly, that the werewolf witch trials were mostly 
uh, people being persecuted for practicing pagan beliefs or for folk magic, or that they were done for political reasons. Um, for example, uh, people who converted to Protestantism in Catholic regions might get accused of being werewolves and you know burned at the stake. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that they believed werewolves were, you know, kind of similar to witches or had made a pact with the devil. But what did werewolf mean to these people? Did we have the business with the moon and wolfsbane and, you know, stuff from the movies? But how would folks in the 1500s in Switzerland have thought of a werewolf? Well, the thing is, like, I kind of want to start with that with what we think of a werewolf today. Okay. Um, so I think when most people think of a werewolf, they think of somebody who turns into a wolfman or sometimes a wolf. And they do it during the full moon. Uh, they're, they can be killed. They can only be killed using silver, but they can be repelled using wolfsbane. And they're usually created, like usually you become a werewolf, uh, by catching the curse, uh, by being bitten by another werewolf. Uh, none of that's in folklore, pretty much. Uh, almost all that, or all that is, is generally attributed to coming out of the first werewolf movies in the 1930s. Uh, it's the equivalent of if 60 years in the future, you know, if somebody thought they saw a ghost in real life and they were like, quick, somebody get a proton pack and a ghost trap. And, we'll deal with it. <laughs> and that's what everybody thought ghosts were like. It's this, basically the same exact thing. Um, but yeah, so werewolves in folklore. The thing about trying to explain werewolves in folklore is there's, there's so many, like, are we talking about involuntary werewolves or are we talking about voluntary werewolves? And are we talking about... So in folklore, um, a werewolf could be somebody who transformed into a wolf, or it could be a satanic illusion where nothing actually transformed into a wolf, but people thought that it did. Or it could be somebody astrally projecting in their astral form, taking the form of a wolf. Um, so yeah, so there's a, a wide variety of things. Uh, and then it's complicated by the fact that uh, different countries and different cultures had different beliefs and different words for werewolf. And the concept got combined with different things. Like there's a large, um, there's a large crossover between vampires and werewolves in folklore. Um, and, but yeah, so, um, as far as I can tell, the main concept of the werewolf in folklore is it's somebody who's voluntarily making a pact with demons. Um, and the pact allows them to transform into a wolf, not a, not a wolf person, uh, an actual wolf. And usually they can only shape shift. It doesn't have anything to do with the full moon. Um, they can shape shift if they put on a piece of magical clothing, usually like a magic belt or girdle made of wolf skin, or sometimes they have to put on an entire wolf skin, or sometimes they just rub a magical ointment on themselves and they turn into a wolf. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, it's um, another another thing that I find interesting is werewolf comes from Old English. Uh, it's the word were, which means man, like in the sense of a male, you know, male person. Mm -hmm. So werewolf literally means wolf man, it doesn't mean wolf person. And the technical term for a woman who transforms into a wolf is a whiff wolf. A whiff wolf, uh, which is whiff. whiff yep, whiff is related to wife. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
It does indeed. Um, and then like, uh, you know, lycanthropy, again, um, it's a conjunction of the Greek for wolf and man. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So do we have any idea where these beliefs came from? Did they spring out of uh, folklore, religion, Christianity, paganism? Like, what? where did this, like, idea of people and wolves bubble up from? Um, I'd imagine, like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going back historically and in mythology relating to people transforming into wolves. Um, the sources I read say that, you know, this particular incident with the, the werewolf wolf trials, um, or the werewolf witch trials, rather, um, it was that werewolves were part of a pagan folklore, and um, as areas were Christianized, uh, you know, the, the, the former pagan beliefs were demonized. Uh, one thing that's interesting about the werewolf witch trials is that Catholic, like Vatican de uh, demonologists generally were like, werewolves, whatever. Uh, and it was mostly the lay people who were persecuting people for being demonic wolves. Oh, interesting. Um, there's, yeah, there's a number of like, uh, demonologists writings that are like, no, nobody actually turns into wolves. Um, you know, all incidences of this are just satanic illusions. Hmm. Uh, stop bothering us with this. So yeah, so it was, um, a lot of it I think had to do with, like, I have my own theories. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, so there are a lot of ideas of werewolves connected with religion um, throughout history. One of the earliest uh, recorded beliefs that we have about somebody turning into a wolf is uh, a Greek myth about a king named uh, Lycaon. Lycaon. I have to pronounce. I have to uh, apologize to to your listeners. These are all words that I have read but never pronounced out loud. I deal with that um, all the time. Don't worry. Yep. Fair enough. All right. But yeah, King Lycaon, I think that's it. Um, he uh, served human flesh to Zeus to try to just determine if Zeus was actually a god. And so Zeus cursed him and turned him into a wolf. Into a wolf. It's interesting because his name contains the Greek word for wolf in it. So either, you know, it's a case of nominative determinism, which is a term I learned from your show. <laughs> or Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Or it was Zeus being uh, kind of ironic. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so there's that. And then there's also instances of, um, there's a lot of cases of people being cursed to turn into wolves. Uh, one of my favorites is, um, so there was this, supposedly there was this group of pagans in Ireland and St. Patrick prayed to God to punish them. And so God transformed them into an especially nasty bunch of wolves. And it either happened every once every seventh winter or it happened just once for seven years. And the reason I like this is because it actually inspired one of my favorite Hellboy stories. Oh. Um, it inspired a story called The Wolves of St. August. Uh, oh. Which is a very, yeah. I'm going to check if I have that in my Hellboy trades. It's, uh, it's in the second collection, The Chained Coffin and Others. Oh, then I definitely do. Oh. Yeah, I think okay, yeah. I have the first like half yeah. dozen like on the shelf behind me. Okay, nice. Yeah, no, it's um, it's the one where um, yeah, people get cursed by God to turn into werewolves. <laughs> I guess that that's. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Okay. Um, so yeah, so there. I mean, there are a number of modern hypotheses for where all of this came from. Um, you know, modern ideas of like, you know, what 
what were werewolf fears tapping into? Uh, one of the main ones is that, the, you know, calling people werewolf was just how people in past centuries parsed dealing with serial killers or cannibals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a number of diseases that people point at and go, oh, oh, that must be where the werewolves came from. Um, like uh, congenital porphyria. That's another of those words. Um, its symptoms include a sensitivity to light, uh, reddish teeth, and psychosis. Um, but that doesn't really make sense because in folklore, werewolves generally turn into wolves. They don't turn into wolf people. Right. Um, and, you know, porphyria doesn't cause you to turn into a wolf. So that's probably not it. Um, there's a hereditary condition called hypertrichosis, which causes excessive hair growth. But it's uh, way too rare to cause a whole bunch of werewolf sightings all over Europe for centuries. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, rabies, which frequently gets linked with werewolves, except the problem with that is the idea that you caught werewolfism from a bite is pretty much mostly a, a Hollywood thing. Okay. Uh, it's not really in the folklore. So like, it's not really pre 1935. I do have a, I do have a hypothesis myself for uh, where this came from. Go for it. In uh, my, my hypothesis is werewolf um, beliefs mostly came from scapegoating. Um, so basically like, so a wolf comes and it kills your sheep. And like, you can either be like, well, damn, that wolf killed my sheep. Or you can be like, a wolf killed my sheep. Which of my neighbors do I have to kill to keep this from happening again? So uh, like, this is, this is the impression that I get about lots of, lots of um, witchcraft uh, historically, is that it was figuring out who in your village or whatever, um, was at fault for your problems so you could take control and solve your problems by killing or torturing them. Okay. Uh, which is awesome. That's a great way to, to live your life. Oh, uh, that gets into the next thing that I want to talk about. Are there any notable examples of being put of people being put on trial for being werewolves? Like people whose names that we know that were accused of turning into wolves. Um, so the thing is we have, um, about 280 documented cases of people um, being put on trial for being werewolves, uh, which is compared to, um, I think, 12,000 documented cases of witch trials in general. Um, and of that, like that 12,000, it's estimated to be more like 40 to 50,000 actual witch trials. So like, you know, we don't really know how many werewolf trials there were, but there were at least 280. Um, and a lot of cases, you know, their names and their circumstances have been passed down. Um, but the thing is, like, I reviewed a bunch of different cases, and a lot of them are just kind of samey. Um, you know, they follow the same kind of pattern. Um, it's, you know, it's, I, I'm going to go through, I've got three that had some interesting things that I, I wanted to, to hit on. Um, okay, so one of the cases in 1573, it was a guy named Giles Garnier. And uh, the previous year, this was in France, the previous year, several children went missing and their bodies were later found torn apart in the woods. Uh, in November of that year, a hunting party went out and saw an animal attacking a child in the woods. And one of the guys in the hunting party was like, hey, that animal 
sort of looks like this local hermit. So they arrested the hermit and his wife. Uh, 50 witnesses testified against him. Uh, he was put on the rack until he confessed, and then he was burned at the stake. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome. Um, that's, I mean, this is the reason that what I wanted to highlight that story is that's basically how these things went. Is somebody accuses you of, of werewolfism, demonic werewolfism. They um, do bad things to you until you confess. And then if you confess, they kill you. So it's, it's fantastic. Um, so this guy, Giles Garnier, the modern speculation is that he was probably a serial killer and a cannibal and that he was killing these people. Uh, and then the, the werewolf confession was either from the torture or because he had some form of mental illness. Huh. Um, yeah. So, uh, in 1589, uh, there was Peter Stube, AKA the werewolf of Bedburg. And our only record of this one is a pamphlet that was circulated about a year after his death in England. Um, the pamphlet said that he murdered and sometimes ate people over a 25 year period. He was accused of incest too, and of killing and eating his own son. And, uh, he had a really gruesome execution, like gruesome enough that like I had trouble reading the details. So like I've summarized them in a less gruesome form. Um, first they lashed him to a wheel, then they tore the flesh off his body. They broke his arms and legs. Then they chopped his head off and burnt his body. And then they took his head and stuck it on a dead wolf's body and set it up in public as a warning to anyone else who might be considering a uh, career in lycanthropy. Oh my God. Right? And the way they described it, like the when they tore the flesh off, off his body, like the, the descriptions I read were really graphic about that. I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I even want to bring this one up. Uh -huh. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. Um, I'm looking through. I'm looking through my other ones. Uh, the Wolf of Ansbach in 1685 is an interesting one. Um, the Principality of Ansbach is uh, now a part of Germany, and it was uh, plagued by a wolf that ate livestock and eventually people. This is another. This is another instance of, or another factor in the werewolf thing. That I, I think is that. Um, as humanity spread into the wilderness in places that wolves live, they killed off more and more wild animals, which forced the wolves to come and prey on human livestock and sometimes on humans. Uh, and wolves are kind of scary. The thing is, they don't actually kill that many people a year. Um, in the 20th century in North America, there were only, in the entire 20th century, there were only five fatalities from wolves. Wow. And in the, yeah, and France has the most um, extensive records of wolf attacks and, and wolf uh, fatalities uh, in Europe. And they have um, records for a 720-year period. And I did an average on it. And it's an average of 10 people killed by wolves every year, which is like less than people killed by hippos, I learned in your episode each year. <laughs> Hippos are deadly. They are, but we don't get wear hippos. Wear hippos would be terrifying. Um, but yeah, so the wolf of Ansbach, um, yeah, the, the area was plagued by a wolf who was eating the livestock and then the people. And the citizens were convinced that it was a werewolf and they knew who it was too. 
It was the dead mayor that they hated. So um, they, they were convinced that their dead mayor was turning into a wolf posthumously. So a hunting party with dogs drove the wolf into a well and they killed it in the well. Then they dressed the wolf corpse in human clothes, uh, chopped off its nose and put a human mask on it before hanging up the body from a pole. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, it's now in a local museum in that area. That is so messed up. Right? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, so one thing I've been wondering um, this whole time is why just wolves? Why does ly lycanthropy just cover wolves? Why not bears? Because bears are also um, very large and fearsome. Why not say very large cats? Why not like snakes um how come we've just got like one animal that gets talked about a lot um i can't really i'm not really sure why there's just the one um i mean wolves i think are more common than a lot of other major predators uh i mean i'm from alaska and like you know wolves are more of a thing up there than like bears are um or at least you hear about them more um but I mean, and then the other thing is, uh, lycanthropy, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it just means wolf man. So if you're calling like a werebear, a, a, uh, lycanthrope, then it's, it's not, it's not really accurate. There's words that mean general transformation into animals. Um, it's therianthropy means, uh, it's, it's Greek for wild animal or beast and man. So, uh, transformation of a man into a wild beast. And there's also zoanthropy, which means basically the same thing. Um, and the thing is, there's lots of other animal shapeshifters all over the world. Um, you know, there's were dogs, there's, there's actually a lot of different were cats. There's like were lions, were leopards. Uh, another thing that witches were supposed to be able to do was turn into cats, which is part of where the uh, black cat thing, association with witches came from. Um, there was actually, speaking of werebears, there was one uh, case of a witch trial in which someone was accused of transforming into a bear and confessed and was burned at the stake. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, uh, werewolves are a lot more common. Um, but yeah, no, there's, um, yeah, were, werebears, werewolves, werecrocodiles, werelions, tigers. Are you noticing a pattern in there? Um, yeah, big predators that are scary. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and there's certainly instances of, um, of people turning into other animals in folklore, but by far the most common ones that I've found and the ones, or at least the ones that get the most coverage are people turning into apex predators, which yeah. I find really interesting. No one wants to be um, a were sheep. Exactly. I, I mean, they're, they're basically are, they're like, there are were goats, uh, in Mexico, but they're were goats to eat sheep. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's supposed to be sorcerers in the Yucatan Peninsula who can um, transform into goats and use it to go and eat livestock. Uh, so they're called the Huichi Chivos, which just means like goat uh, witch. Are there any Native American ver like versions of people turning into wolves? Is that something you've come across in your research? Um. I mean, there's, um, 
Navajos have their belief in the skinwalker, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of witchcraft where you can transform into a variety of animals. But I've looked and I haven't found anything. Um, I'm sure there's got to be some somewhere that I just haven't looked. I mean, I know of a, I mean, there's a, there's a, uh, in Inuit mythology, there's a giant wolf that transforms into a killer whale and back. So there's got to be people transforming into wolves. Okay, that sounds amazing. In, it's one of my favorites, like in all of like mythology and folklore. Like I, I'm always looking for a place to put that guy. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's one of those. It 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 seems that werewolf beliefs or you know people turning into wolves beliefs were not very common in the New World until European settlers brought them over. Okay. So, um, I want to ask you a few fun questions, one of which was, if somebody was accused of turning into a wolf, and it was your job to be their, like, werewolf witch trial advocate or lawyer, how would you approach that problem? What advice would you give them? Um, if I was having to give advice to somebody, if I was, like, the lawyer of somebody accused of being a witch um, in, you know, the late medieval period, uh, what I would have to tell them is uh, their bone. Uh, so, yeah, basically. So if you get accused of being a werewolf witch, you're likely to be either tortured until you confess, or you're going to be subjected to an ordeal by water, which is, so you've seen, you know, in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, when they dunk the witch, and if she floats, she's a witch, and if she sinks, she's innocent. Uh, it's basically that thing, except less, horribly lethal because they would tie a rope around you and if you sank they'd pull you back up the thing is apparently from from what i've read it seems that they just keep doing that to you until you confess oh yeah so then if you did confess you were sentenced to death in europe the you know preferred method of execution for for witches was uh, burning at the stake um, so yeah, so it's, you know, if, if I was your lawyer, um, you know, I, I'd have to tell you the, the outlook was pretty bleak, but, uh, as your attorney, I advise you to mimic the actions of a guy named Theus who lived in what's now Latvia in 1692. Uh, this was an interesting case and it's one of the few where the accused didn't get burned or horribly maimed or whatever. Um, so Theus was an eight-year-old man who uh, actually confessed to being a werewolf in his trial, but he refused to confess that he made a pact with the devil. What he said was he was actually one of, of what were called the Hounds of God, which was a group of werewolves who would harrow hell three times a year to fight witches and demons and to ensure a good harvest. And he just, you know, they tortured him, this 80-year-old man, they tortured him, and he just kept saying, no, I'm, no, God told me to go to hell and fight demons as a wolf. That's what I do. Wow. And in the end, yeah, in the end, uh, he was um, convicted of idolatry and superstitious belief. Uh, he was sentenced to 10 lashes, and he, they let him go. Huh. So, yeah, so that's the one thing, you know, if, if you're going to be tried uh, for being a werewolf witch, uh, say that, no, you're one of God's own werewolves. 
Okay, I think something that a lot of like modern folks will also associate with werewolves is um, their legendary rivalry with vampires. Is there anything like that in pre-20th century folklore? No. Wildly no. <laughs> so there's no, so the there's no is, like pre-20th century version of Underworld? Unfortunately, uh, no. The werewolves and the, the vampires got along so well that in some cases the werewolves were actually vampires. Oh, vice versa. yeah. So like that guy that I mentioned, the uh, the beast of on on Spock, you know, who uh, came back, who was like an undead werewolf. Uh, there's a certain amount of that uh, in Greece. There's a belief in a, uh, a vampiric uh, werewolf called the Farcascoldus, uh, which is when a wrong person uh, is killed. Sometimes they come back as a blood drinking undead werewolf. So like this blood drinking wolf. Um, and that's just one of them. In, um, in Slavic lore, werewolves are really closely related to vampires. Um, the Serbo-Croatian word for vampire, which is vakodlak, means wolf's hair. Uh, and there are terms that mean both werewolf and vampire at the same, thing, at the same time uh, in Serbia and in Greece. Uh, and then in both Greek and Serbian lore, if you're a werewolf during life and you die, you turn into a vampire after death. Huh. And then, like, additionally, you know, in vampire folklore, there is a lot of vampires turning into animals, like Dracula did. Yeah. And, like, Dracula turns into a wolf. So doesn't that make Dracula a werewolf? Yeah, I believe in the Stoker novel he turns into a wolf, a bat, and... um I want to say rats, but that might just be from the Francis Ford Coppola movie. I think it's rats, and I think the um, I feel like the winged thing he turns into isn't really defined, and people at the time thought it was a bird, and later it got turned into a bat. Um, I have also done a lot of reading about vampires and vampire folklore and Dracula, which I have never actually really gotten to use in a story either. So had you done a witch doctor story with werewolves in it, how would that have gone? I am so glad you asked. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so in witch doctor, so just to explain a little bit more about witch doctor, uh, like I said, it was a horror medical drama and the whole concept behind it was that um, it was combining magical and supernatural stuff with actual stuff from medicine and biology. So it's the idea that things like vampirism and werewolfism and demonic possession are diseases and can be fought using magical tools, but in the same, applied in the same way that uh, we use tools, to, scientific tools to fight diseases. So um, in Witch Doctor, I had this whole plan for a werewolf series. In Witch Doctor, uh, werewolfism is caused by the lycanthroposis pathogen. Uh, and there is basically a leper colony for werewolves. So leper colonies, um, the Latin term for them is leprosariums. Uh, so it was going to be a lycanthrosarium. <laughs> and so we we're going to have a story at the lycanthrosarium where the Witch Doctor, the lead, has developed this revolutionary new treatment for uh for werewolves potentially a, a complete cure for werewolfism and it's called alchemotherapy <laughs> and it involves uh injecting an inert metal uh into the body and once it perfuses throughout the entire bloodstream 
the doctor then magically transmutes it into silver all at the same time, wiping out the werewolf organism throughout the bloodstream. Um, That's and very clever. So thank you. I appreciate that. I was, I was, I was very proud of myself for this. Um, also, I love puns. So I was very proud of myself for, for all those puns. Um, so speaking of wordplay, um, I started researching alchemy and I found out that the, the term in alchemy for when you transmute base uh, elements into precious metals, they call it squaring the circle. Um, and to me, I read squaring the circle and I think of professional wrestling where the wrestling ring is called the squared circle. Ah, so okay. yeah so to me like this story immediately turned into werewolves pro wrestling and alchemy so the the, the point of the story was going to be like they're trying to do this new alchemotherapy process but the full moon is coming out and the werewolves transforming and the doctor's assistant who's like the monster girl has to keep the werewolf in the magic circle because if he leaves the magic circle the, the, the thing is going to fail so she's doing all this, you know, all these wrestling moves to keep him in there. Um, and so like, you know, it was going to be like suplexing uh, werewolves and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. And then I had all these theories about or, you know, hypotheses about werewolves based on things like evolutionary biology and things like added value. Like, I mean, this is this is a question is like, what's the point? What's the point of werewolves? <laughs> Why would you have a curse? or a virus or anything that would turn you into a wolf. Um, and the only thing I can think of is, well, there's a couple things. Uh, in nature, there's a thing called uh, polyphenism, which is where um, one set of genes can result in multiple different body types depending on environmental circumstances. So one example is wolves, where they uh, change the color of their coats in the winter. Uh, so that could be one, you know, if this is, um, if these are humans turning into wolves, um, that could be a mechanism for how it works, but that still doesn't answer the question of why would they do that? What's the added value? What's in it for them? Um, and the only thing I've been able to think of is, you know, if you, as you, if you as Joe Streckert go and kill your neighbor's sheep and they see you, they're like, Hey, it's that Joe, Joe Streckert killing our sheep. You should go put him on trial or kill him or something. But if it's just a wolf, then they're like, oh, hey, there's a wolf, some random wolf. We don't know that wolf's name. Uh, so it would be like, you know, basically like a form of camouflage or a form of mimicry. Hmm. Uh, and that's the only thing I've been able, to, able to, to figure out. That makes sense, though. So if people want to find uh, your work now, where can they look for it? Um, my website is Brandon. Well, it's it actually I uh, mispronounce my name when I say it when I want people to be able to spell it properly. So it's Brandon Seifert dot info. And the last name is spelled S is in Sam E I F is in Frank E R T as my mother would always say on the phone. Um, and that's got that's got links to Witch Doctor and some other links to um, buy my work on Amazon. All right. Excellent. Brandon, thank you so much for talking today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed that. As always, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter, at Joe Streckert. Um, 
So is Brandon. He's on Twitter at Brandon T. Seifert. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash weirdhistorypodcast. Uh, also, this is a listener-supported program. Go to weirdhistorypodcast.com to become a monthly supporter. That would be excellent of you. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Mm-hmm.